Each and every one of you is out there. You rocked it. You hit a million dollars. Thank you so much to the people of Canada. This is making the most biggest impact. We found out where the money came from, and the majority of it is not from Canada. Turns out it's from the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, a lot of business owners in the U.S. are funding this whole thing. A lot of alt-righty types, too. Seems like when we trace the cash, it's not exactly a workers' revolt anymore. Let us begin. So with the makeup of the convoy at this point be mostly business owners, I can tell you who the makeup of the convoy is today. Because we got the evidence. We got receipts. We got receipts who's funding this whole thing. And it uh, kind of flies in the face of every single person who's been saying for a long time that this is a workers' revolt. Power to the people, say. Seems like a lot of wealthy business owners in the good old US of A have been the ones funding the convoy. That's right. People who have a business interest in having absolutely no restrictions and free of access on the border. That kind of stuff. People who might not care as much about the safety of of their workers because at the end of the day they're trying to turn a quick profit yes they happen to be the ones funding the convoy who knew who knew that the majority of donations weren't actually even coming from canada they were coming from the u.s a lot of them coming from alberta a lot of them coming from the u.s of a in fact the majority of them are coming from america and the entire account of the give what is was the christian alternative give send me or give love me i don't know either way they got hacked over the weekend yes someone hacked their account and displayed for everyone to see who these massive donors were who were the 32,000 donations coming from who were the 25,000 donations coming from 13,000 donations coming surprise surprise they happen to be from business owners business owners yes yes the the owning class the capitalist class who knew what a surprise because of course of course, it's what we've been telling you this whole time. So many people saw through this, by the way. Like, look no further than the Communist Party of Canada that came out very strongly in opposition to this, saying, like, by the way, this is not what you think it is. This has been astroturfed by the far right and the alt-right, and this is exactly what we've been telling you since the very beginning. Surprise, surprise, when the receipts came out, boom. It was it was, it was was completely revealed. Captain Jackass, thank you for continuing the sub you got from Deep Dish Bard. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. Jason Kenny nonsense. Kenny! Jason Kenny. There's so much to unpack in this clip, but the fact that the Premier of Alberta invites protesters to take the FALHQ in their next protest target is just stunningly irresponsible. <laughs> what? Are you serious? I think a lot of them would be in the letter rip crowd who either denied that COVID was a threat, have denied the real pressure in our hospitals, have denied the efficacy and safety of vaccines, and many of those protesters would have had us do absolutely nothing at this which undoubtedly would have meant, at various points, uh, exceeding the capacity of our healthcare system, pulling life support from okay. people, True. and filling up the morgues. I don't think that would have been responsible. We have okay. tried imperfectly to get a balanced approach. So I would say to them, look, you should uh, celebrate, like everyone else, celebrate the fact that we're getting back to normal here. I do think they have an outstanding grievance with the government of Canada. <laughs> I know. The messaging is very clear. Fuck Trudeau. That's the balancing act that all the conservatives are trying to play in this country right now. They're like, you know, fuck Trudeau. Obviously, fuck Trudeau. And guess what? Hey, conservatives in America, they say fuck Trudeau in Canada. They put it on flags. It's it's not let's go Pierre or something like that. It's fuck Trudeau. Okay, so that's that's the thing. But secondly, it's like, well, I love the fuck Trudeau sentiment. I want to I want to encourage that at the same time. 
Uh, it's kind of tough because, yeah, some of these, I don't know what you want to call them, mandates or whatever, they did save some lives. So, uh, tough, tough call. And um, the federal mandates, some of them being brought in, just as all the provinces in the rest of the world are lifting measures, not as responsible public health policy, but as bad political theater, as I've said to the prime minister as early as this morning. And uh, so I, I uh, would say to the prime minister, you know, <laughs> you don't bend to people breaking the law, but you don't bring in pointless restrictions as political theater, <laughs> particularly at a combustible time like this. So I would say Clean to those folks, um, God damn. Hey, why didn't the robot read that? The big room donated $5 with the message. They said, oh, it's probably has some forbidden words in it. Do you see that Louis Theroux just released an episode of the documentary series Forbidden America featuring Nick Frentes and Baked Alaska? No, but uh, we will be watching that. That sounds amazing. Oh, God. Oh, wait, that's probably it's a commercial product, though, right? It's not going to be it's not going to be a, a, a YouTube's video. You know, celebrate what's happening in Alberta right oh, now. Oh, that's long gone, political uh, puppy. No, angry, one, no one thirsts for Trudeau anymore. The problem is not the government of Alberta. You've got the NDP's Alberta Federation of Labor in court as we speak, trying to get a judge. <laughs> Your problem's not with me, okay? I, I, I support you in a weird way. Obviously, I don't support all the law-breaking that is going... Like, that... That Okay, but I won't bring it up. But I will say, I... I come on. Just, just give and take here. We did, like, we... We kind of love each other, right? Anyway, shit went down this weekend. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. RCMP have arrested several so-called Freedom Convoy supporters at Pacific Highway with more under investigation. The massive demonstration that closed the South Surrey crossing yesterday continued today as a national security expert warns the anti-mandate movement is now threatening our economy. Here's Penny Daflos. Early afternoon, Mounties took a stand at the Pacific Highway border crossing, arresting four people. Although people have the right to protest, there is no right for unlawful activity. An encampment established there Monday continues, but now further north at 8th Avenue, at least a dozen vehicles are blocking a section of the pack highway since Saturday. That's keeping part of the route to the border closed and impacting traffic. Some of the people being hurt most by this are truckers. And it's not just a question of simply going to another crossing instead. When our trade is being impeded, right, uh, that, that is a national security issue. When you have extremist groups within this larger movement, uh, and, and we have seen these movements, that is a national security concern. The appearance of the kind of heavy-duty vehicle used by the U.S. military to transport tanks and branded with the name of a Chilliwack company during the height of Saturday's demonstrations raises more of those concerns. It was joined by big rigs and a crowd of hundreds who walked to the border, some of whom... What are you doing with a vehicle, a military-grade vehicle, that is used to transport tanks outside of this? Like, was this your calling? Was it like, oh, god damn, yes, it's going down. Freedom, freedom. Well, I can finally take use of my train transport. <laughs> like, holy shit. Clash with Mounties. We are investigating several incidents where people bypassed blockades, ran through blockades, um, individuals who assaulted police officers by pushing, shoving, and attempting to remove police officers from blocking vehicles. Charges of assault. By the way, that, that doesn't happen on the other side. You don't, like, leftist protests, there is no, like, pushing and shoving police officers or driving through blockades. There's no, like, driving through blockades with military-grade tank transports. What the ever-loving fuck is going on? A 
police officer and a slew of motor vehicle act infractions are on the table that could come with hefty fines or serious jail time. Looky-loos and supporters continue to come and go, but with campers hunkered down as the Pacific Highway crossing remains closed, Mounties are putting them on notice. We have an obligation to open our critical infrastructure. Even before the first convoy had left B.C. for Ottawa, public health measures here had already started relaxing as hospitalizations from COVID had already started declining. And yeah, by the way, right now the truckers are taking uh, credit for all the like the loosening of restrictions. It's like apparently they uh, ended vaccine uh, mandates, Ford just did that, uh, and they're going to keep up with the mask wearing, but in other places being low. That stuff was already in motion. Like they're taking credit for all of this. And it's like, no, the response has always been the same in Canada. It's been provincial, like province by province does it like distinctly. And each province has gone when the numbers are rising, when the numbers are going up, suddenly there's more restrictions that are put in place, again, to protect the most vulnerable members of society. You got to remember that aspect and so yes they'll suddenly be like you cannot hang out in groups larger than six you cannot do this they have been compared to other countries so easygoing so like friends that, that are in europe or friends in other places that talk to me and they're like oh so like you know we haven't been to a restaurant in months it's like oh people have been eating here for the past year the worst it got in this last cycle was that you couldn't go to a restaurant with more than six people six but it was like groups of six or more are now banned but it was like that that's the limit of the like the limits on freedom and the thing that also really like you know fucking drives me up the wall in all this is these same people do they protest driver's licenses do they protest if you go into a bc liquor store and you have to provide an id if you're underage is is that under discussion do they protest if you travel to central or south america that you have to have something called a vaccine passport if you go to certain countries so you don't get things like yellow fever do they protest those and, and this is like we're living in a pandemic i know I know the messaging from the mainstream media, the liberal media right now, is that, uh, it's over. Can we get over this? Uh, can we just brunch? Fucking brunch. You know, can we just, can we just do, like, like it, it's done. Like, for the nurses, for the doctors, for the healthcare workers, it, it's not over. It, it's not over. They're, they're still fucking pushed to the edge. Like, they've still been living through this while things may be calm and, and, and nice for you. They're the ones dealing with death on a regular basis. And if you go to somewhere like the United States, they're dealing with a lot of death on a regular basis. For them, it's not like, just get over it. Come on, can, can, can just get over it. I mean, this ends when you want it to, really. I mean, we can all just say no anymore. Like, all of this shit was put in place because we as a society agreed that we should protect the most vulnerable members. Namely, the people who are going to die from COVID in higher numbers, the elderly, right? Right away, it was like, okay, they should be the first group that is vaccinated. People with disabilities. I know when the data came out of the UK, it was like 60% of the COVID deaths initially were people who have disabilities. So we should protect the most vulnerable members of society. Why don't we band together, do the right thing, and have to take on a couple mild inconveniences let's wear some masks let's social distance hey we've got a vaccine let's use the vaccine things like that that was that was going to be the measures and then all of a sudden it'd be like you know what fuck this noise i'm done it's like it's ugh, it's still going on like i'm over it i mean i mean we haven't ended like when people are like it's over i was like what part is over what what's done have we gotten rid of covid is covid been reduced to such small numbers that it's it's like places like china where they can actually do contact tracing and stuff like that or has it just completely lost control in a place like the united states and we're just accepting it now we're just like well we're, we're just gonna live with this i guess we're, and this is just gonna be the way we just we're just gonna continue to it's just like it's like the flu even though it's killed more people than the flu has in the past three years but at the same time we're over it why, why the fuck not that's just exactly as health officials... And yes, 
uh, uh, Lucid Read puts it very well. Capitalism wants to move back, uh, move to an endemic ASAP. Capitalism, the the interest of capital. I know the 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 line, line go up. You know the the slogan. You could tell from the very beginning, especially conservatives, they were not having this. They did not want to do what was considered to be a safe thing to do, which is to put people into a lockdown. Hey, it's a very lo-fi way of dealing with a virus that we could we do not understand. By the way, that was when it was a novel coronavirus, and we still don't completely understand. We don't even understand like a lot of the long-term effects that are going on. People are just like. It's weird. It's giving young people strokes and it's giving long uh, people these long-term disabilities and it's, it's causing like a lot of weird problems. But hey, here's a lo-fi uh, way of like controlling it, okay? If we all stay at home for a period of two to three weeks, if we do a lockdown, if we social distance, if we wear masks, that then will reduce the numbers to such small amounts that we could do things like contact tracing. Let's look at countries that are not nearly as wealthy as the United States that pulled that off, like Vietnam, for example. Why don't we do some of that? And then countries like Canada, a lot of the Scandinavian countries, they did do that. They did lockdowns and they also helped out their citizens by giving them some money to get through that if they couldn't work. So in Canada, you had to serve. You had similar systems popping up in countries all over Europe, by the way. It wasn't just Scandinavian countries. Lots of places in Europe got uh, payments to their citizens so that they could live through this. And the United States was just like, fuck that noise. Are you kidding me? We need to get everyone back to work. How do we do that as quickly as possible? And look at the conservative states like Ron DeSantis in Florida, who were just like, come on, fuck this. Let's uh, let's get everyone back to work. We've got to get everyone back to work. And then what did that reveal? That revealed not only was it the most vulnerable uh, vulnerable groups that we thought, like the elderly, also the people who were dying overwhelmingly from COVID happened to be black Americans, happened to be indigenous Americans, Latin Americans. Why was that? Was because a lot of them, A, were frontline workers who were being exposed directly to COVID on a regular basis because they had to travel in public transportation or stuff like that, and B, didn't have as good uh, access to healthcare or even uh, historically access to healthcare uh, up until that point. So then they were the ones who started dying in much higher numbers. And again, even with all that, even with the curtain being lifted and us seeing the ugliness of capitalism for what it really is, people still now are like, I'm over it. I'm done. Why are we still doing this? Why, seriously. It's, we, this ends when we want it to, okay? We can just pretend like it doesn't exist. We can, we can just bury all our heads in the sand and everything can go back to normal. We want things so much to go back to normal. I mean, it's almost creepy how much like the far right and the alt right have kind of sunk their their talons into this thing by by hearkening to an old like you know the fascist thing. You hearken to a, a better time, a, a kindler, simpler time, perhaps you know the the glory of the Roman Empire. If you're Mussolini, something like that. It's like, I, sorry, I, I almost choked on my spit. You want to go back to things, uh, back to the way they were. You know, you you want to revert everything to to how life was before. It, it seemed it seemed almost like a fairy tale back then. We didn't we didn't have to think about these ugliness. We didn't have to think about these horrible things. We didn't have to think about how society is kind of stratified by class and, and race and all these other factors. And, and there seems to be an intersectional problem with, with how we treat human beings, even though we're all supposed to be equal. Even though technically we all are equal, but we're not treated equal. It seems to be a big problem. God damn. But we're over it. And now we want freedom. Arrests at the U.S.-Canada border finally bring an end to the anti-vax blockade. How hard was that, says one observer remarking on the ability for police to exert control over the nearly week-long demonstration, leave or be arrested. Drew in Georgia, thank you for the tier one. Americans are great at pretending Lance. Uh, great at pretending Lance. Thankfully, you're not. Keep up the good work. I, pre- I appreciate that. Thank you. In the face of accusations that Canadian officials have been too tolerant of anti-vax conspiracy theories and anti-vax advocates laying siege to public motorways, law enforcement in Windsor, Ontario, before dawn, finally began making arrests and subsequently cleared the road uh, at the, uh, the U.S. border. 
Now, they arrested, I believe, 11 people. The reason for this one and the first crackdown of crackdowns, if you want to call it, is because this is one of the busiest borders uh, in the U.S. and Canada, and they were blocking one of the basically big financial trade uh, junctions. So at that point, it was like, yes, we, we have to we have to clear this out. If they're not going to leave, we're going to have to take them. Uh, you know, we got an injunction. Uh, we can make some arrests. The arrests that were taking place, and you've seen the footage, I'm sure, by this point, uh, was very calm very peaceful excuse me sir i'm sorry you're under arrest you're not gonna have to come with me all that kind of stuff and they are making the whole thing out to be uh like 1984 communism tyranny dictatorship super hitler shit all of them are like this is the worst thing that has ever happened to any canadians they are like infringing on our rights they are destroying us they are like you know blah 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 like it, it, again it's still being treated with kids gloves they're taking this one down because obviously you're dealing with a very high uh trade border and that's why they're doing that meanwhile in winnipeg people in winnipeg look at the twitter look at just read twitter for a little while how like aghast people in winnipeg liberals liberals that that has been the most striking thing liberals in winnipeg are simply beside themselves with with the, like the actions of the police there like why aren't the police doing anything why why are they going after counter protesters why why is that where the priorities lie what what is going on we've been telling you for weeks to stop this the same thing can be said in ottawa and i'm sure if things ever boiled over in bc to the length uh, that they've gotten to other places uh something similar would have happened there as well you know the police reported the Toronto Star were equipped with armored vehicles, tear gas, and rubber bullets. Warned the protesters who did not leave would be arrested and charged with mischief. Uh, trucks pulling out of the remaining Windsor encampment down the road to the ambassador uh, brood. After several warnings, police told protesters they'll be arrested immediately if they don't leave. Now, one thing that also happened is in some of these encampments that have taken place, the police, rather than saying you all have to pack up and go home, have actually effectively told them that you have to move your encampment to an area that is less busy, which is also kind of rich. It's like, well, you still have your right to encampment. Just move that encampment out of this region because obviously, you know, we don't want to have to deal with it in the center of the city anymore. Oh, remix. Everyone's tired of COVID. This pandemic has sucked. These protests are not the way to get through it. This pandemic has sucked. They're not the story of this pandemic. This pandemic has sucked for all Canadians. This pandemic has sucked. Up in Canada, things are happening that are worth covering, which is a rarity. The convoy protest against COVID. No, 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 no. That wasn't someone drinking gasoline. If you're if you're unaware of what is happening there, so one of the first actions the police actually took uh, for the occupation was that they were going to start banning the use of fuel transport. So you couldn't bring jerry cans to transport your fuel because if you did that, uh, that way we can maybe slow this down. If the if the trucks themselves don't have gasoline, they can't power the trucks to be doing the honking all day. So that's an easy thing we could do. Let's just say that we'll ticket or fine anyone who's seen transporting fuel. Now, one thing that was pointed out by uh, you know experts in the field who study uh you know mass occupations and stuff like that they said it's usually dangerous when people adapt to the rules because that shows that they're willing to continue for whatever means necessary they're just going to adapt so the uh, adaptation is that they actually started having people walking around you can buy clean jerry cans at a store right one that hasn't had gas in it at any point please never ever drink from a can that has had gasoline at some point you will get uh, potentially very sick and or die do not do that but they were buying fresh jerry cans and filling them with drinks and then they were using that as an excuse and they were walking around saying like oh no no it's not gasoline it's gatorade check it out glug, 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 glug. and while they do that and the cops are like oh okay fine a whole bunch of people walk behind them with a whole bunch of things of fuel that was one of their uh, new techniques so that's why you see footage of people just drinking out of jerry cans it's decoys 
and grab global attention and paralyze down its capital city. The Canadian left is calling all of these people Trumpians. They find a few fringe members and then they say, these people represent the entire protest, as opposed to the core ideology. What is the main goal of the Trumpers are? Freedom. It has to stop. Where freedom from gets no freedom. It has to stop. Everyone's tired of COVID. This pandemic has sucked. These protests are not the way to get through it. This pandemic has sucked. They're not the story of this pandemic. This pandemic has sucked for all Canadians. This pandemic has sucked. I can't go skiing. I can't go to Walmart. I can't go to Canadian Tire. I'm not leaving until all the mandates are gone. There's a lot of people here streaming live online. Kicked off Facebook block. They shouldn't have turned my Facebook off. Now I'm angry. If you want to compare Canada uh, to anything, it's like uh, Hitler's Germany. And we're like the... One-to-one. Yeah. They're basically the exact same thing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely, yeah, yeah, that that that's apt. Good, good, good understanding of history, good understanding of history and respecting what took place in, in World War Two. Jews, eh? Everyone's tired of COVID. This pandemic has sucked. These protests are not the way to get through it. This pandemic has sucked. They're not the story of this pandemic. This pandemic has sucked for all Canadians. This pandemic has sucked. Do what I say. Take a vaccine passport. Let me track everywhere you go. No! And because you're wearing a blue shirt, you're a woman. That's angle, Keith. Doesn't mean you're allowed to make us your slaves. That's North Korea, you chicken neck monster! They're criminals. They're attacking us. Wait, they don't people. Separately, I need funding, plus you need to get prepared. And we're ready to ship you high-quality horrible food right now. And if you don't get horrible food, the world's going, you're nuts. Everyone's tired of COVID. This pandemic has sucked. These protests are not the way to get through it. This pandemic has sucked. They're not the story of this pandemic. This pandemic has sucked for all Canadians. This pandemic has sucked. One good thing that Remix Bros did there, and by the way, good uh, good Remix Remix Bros, is show that uh, if you didn't know this, I, I, I was serious when I made the statement that I think it's utterly bizarre to me that Jimmy Dore, Russell Brand, Joe Rogan, they're all echoing what Alex Jones has been saying about the convoy. The same messaging you get from Alex Jones, you can now hear in a variety of other ways. You can hear it on Joe Rogan's podcast. And the same lies that, like, there's 50,000 trucks out there. This is a workers' revolt. It's a power to the people thing. That, that, that's what Alex Jones has been saying about this whole thing. What, like, if you're aligning directly with Alex Jones, isn't something a little bit off to you? Aren't you a little bit worried? So if a few people start drinking water out of empty whiskey bottles in public, eventually, can anyone drink in public? No, that doesn't that doesn't change it. But like the idea is is that like we're fooling you. Like if a whole but it's it, it's it's to decoy. It's it's to basically uh, add a little fog of gas. I guess is the best way you could uh, try and, and word this. Like if if a whole bunch of people start drinking Gatorade out of clean jerry cans, and then the police are like, hey, stop. Uh, we know that you're transporting fuel, eh? Uh, then they're like, well, no, this is not actually fuel. This is uh, this is Gatorade. And see, I got my Gatorade right here. And then another person walking by, how are they to know that that one's Gatorade, that one's this, that one's this, you know? Eh? No do to boot it. So here's the big thing that happened today. So we've never actually used the Emergency Act in this country. It's a precursor. The War Measures Act was famously used by Trudeau's father to handle the October crisis. Important to note that this act does not offer the same sweeping authoritative powers to his predecessors. Sorry. CBC News has learned that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will inform premiers he will invoke the Emergencies Act to deal with protests across this country. But in a meeting with Liberal Caucus this morning, Trudeau said there is no plans to deploy the military. It's hard to say exactly what the uh, invocation of the act means. At the very least, I think it will entail the Trudeau government taking over coordination of the police response. The city of Ottawa has clearly shown itself incapable of handling the breadth and scope of the occupation. Now, 
I'm not someone who is in favor of the government suddenly enacting new forms of authority in order to impose the will on the people. That is not something I would stand for. And uh, I think what should be happening right now is a complete and utter condemnation of the actions of the police. That's that's literally where the focus should be. If, if the prime minister wants to do things and if people, if the premiers want to do things, then come out and say, what the ever-loving fuck has been happening with the police forces in these places? Winnipeg is a great example of that, where people in Winnipeg are furious at the police. There has been counter-protesters and the police are hassling them. And they're like, what are we paying you for? Honestly, what, what are we paying you for? Like, this, this has never been more striking. You're getting so much money from the city, a massive amount of the city budget goes towards you. And in a time when you're supposed to protect businesses, protect locals, protect all that kind of stuff, people who are coming from out of town, who are also funded from out of town, are suddenly becoming an occupying force. And you're like, eh, but, but, but what do we do? Just, they have saunas and there's, there's bouncy castles. I, I don't know. What am I? What am I supposed to do now? This, uh, but they're they're talking about freedom. I also like freedom. I'm kind of pro freedom too. So, so maybe we just wait, eh? Well, what if we just wait till they go away? Eh, maybe they'll go away. Who knows? In some time, maybe they'll just find way back to their houses, and maybe it'll be. It won't. Do you think uh, boot this like it's a problem or something? Don't don't worry about this so much. The federal government will have to prescribe exactly what measures they want to invoke to handle the emergency. The act does not give Ottawa the power to take control of the Ottawa police. Orders and regulations. While well, declaration of a public order emergency is in effect, the governor or the council may act and make such orders or regulations with respect to the following matters as the governor of the council believes on reasonable grounds or necessary when dealing with the emergency. The regular or prohibition of any public assembly that may reasonably be expected to lead the breach of the peace, travel to and from any specific area, the use of specified property, the designation and securing of protected places, the assumption of the control and the restoration of maintenance of public utilities and services, the authorization of or and direct of any person, any class or persons to render essential services or a type of person or a person of that class is competent to provide the provisions of reasonable compensation in respect of the services so rendered and the imposition on summary conviction or a fine exceeding $500 or imprisonment not exceeding six months or before an indictment or a fine not exceeding $5,000 or imprisonment. Now, rather than have it come to this, rather than have to invoke the Emergency Measures Act, shouldn't this be a time, and I say this again, to go forth and be like, the police are not uh, doing what they're supposed to have done in this case, especially in Ottawa, uh, especially in Winnipeg, uh, in multiple areas. Like, if, if the police are getting huge amounts of funding from the public from the city uh, and the taxpayers are paying their dollars and they're not actually protecting the taxpayers uh, they're upholding the interests of this fringe group then shouldn't we be talking about either defunding or reappropriating the funds to go to the police towards other services that actually benefit the public you know it doesn't have to be worded in whatever the uh, quote radical left uh, has destroyed this argument and like you know people who are genuinely asking for things like police abolition or prison abolition fine but how about uh, you didn't do your job you didn't do your job. You didn't, uh, you know, uphold the peace. And so in such, you should be defunded or reappropriated into something else that will benefit the people in a greater capacity. I don't think that's a far cry to ask. Last night, occupation organizer Benjamin Ditcher responded to a deal struck with the city of Ottawa to move some of the trucks out of residential areas. If they want to negotiate, great, and we'll start put, uh, piling on the demands, he says. He claims they've made $1 million in Bitcoin alone. This morning, Ontario Premier Doug Ford announced he would essentially be giving in to the occupiers' demands and lifting the vaccine passports March 1st. Somehow, I don't think that'll be enough for them to leave. This is a completely unhinged take from occupation-friendly media. is already being shared widely, and it is official-slash-semi-official telegram channels. The occupiers are whipping themselves into a frenzy already ready. This is the thing they're showing. War Measures Act. Deborah, Trudeau may invoke the War Measures Act as early as tomorrow. That is false. He has never suggested he will do the War Measures Act. Um, technically, it is now called the Emergencies Act. No, not technically. You're just wrong. You, you can be wrong about this. That's fine. 
Political Poppy gave <laughs> Political Poppy. One subscription. Thank you, Political Poppy. I appreciate that. The act would allow Trudeau to go to war with unarmed civilian protesters in Ottawa and across the country. This is a shocking escalation. The last time this was used, a politician had been kidnapped and killed. Using it on peaceful demonstrations who have not lifted a finger against anyone is unheard of. That is also just not true. This is on track to become Canada's Tiananmen Square. This act gives the government unchecked and nearly unlimited power to weld as Trudeau sees fit. Trudeau convened a last-minute Sunday night cabinet meeting just moments ago. Tomorrow, the counter-protests confirmed that the Prime Minister is meeting with premiers across the country, a step that needs to be taken before the act is invoked. As a result, I am now sitting in Calgary International Airport, waiting to catch a flight to Ottawa so that I can be on the ground if and when Trudeau suspends the rule of law in Canada. This moment is too critical to trust the CBC to cover it. I will be publishing my work as widely as I can to keep this government in check. Tomorrow, all hell could break loose. Be sure to follow along. Keep fighting what is right. Keen Bexty. Do, do you know who Keen Bexty is? Keen, Keen Bexty is the guy who, who said that Canada had gulags uh, because he flew out of Canada. And, and when he flew back into Canada, he, he had to stay in a five-star, oh, sorry, four-star hotel. He, he had to stay in a four-star hotel uh, against his wishes because that was the protocols that were being taken at the time. So he made a video about how he was stuck in a Canadian gulag. And, and because he was in a hotel and things weren't actually as gulaggy as he wanted them to be, he started uh, having to act up a little bit. So he started doing these things where he would pretend that he couldn't eat. And then he was like, when is my food coming? I'm I'm very hungry. Please let me know when it's arriving. Please. I I'm starving in this gulag. This this four-star gulag. Please please leave reviews uh, leave reviews on Welp, sorry, Yelp about how I'm in a gulag. That's the same guy. Uh, and he works for, uh, well, he doesn't work for Rebel Media anymore, but he's now, uh, I, I guess, uh, an outside Rebel Media contributor. Meanwhile, the organizers are now making overt threats to journalists. Speaking of fascism, perhaps if media was to tell the whole story day one, perhaps if media had let non-political, medical, and scientific community have a voice from day one, perhaps if the media was biased and did not take the political sides from day one, perhaps if media had done the right thing from day one and shared the lawful truth, lives would be saved, businesses would still be open. Now, media has been exposed for taking a failed political side. In the near future, media will have to answer to the people on an active role in participating in crimes against humanity, starting with the board of directors all the way down to reporters. Media, you should be scared, for you know your days are numbered. Jail cells are waiting for each of you. Cool, cool, cool Canada unity. Jeremy Thompson, this is a sad day for me. CTV Edmonton has made the decision to remove the branding from our vehicles for safety. I'm proud of the excellent and vital work we do, perhaps more important now than ever. I'm proud to represent that in public. It's not just safe. Now, if you want to call the liberal media, the liberal media, that's fine. If you want to say the liberal media uh, usually uh, will uh, promote stories that uh, either uh, enforce things like uh, imperialism in both Canada and the U.S. and stuff like that, I'm completely fine. If you want to talk about how CNN is shit, MSNBC is shit, that's fine. Legacy media still contains journalists. Journalists are still working for legacy media. Journalists in this country still have aspirations to become journalists. And what they do is they'll start out, they'll take some schooling, they'll get out, and then they'll try to get a job at some local TV station. They'll climb the ladder. Then they'll start working for other organizations. The The good ones, the ones who want to cover things that matter uh, globally, they have aspirations of one day working for a very big organization that is going to be able to fund them traveling to other countries to report on the things that matter. They start out in local news. They work 
worked their way up. It's a scary precedent if people in local news are so terrified of what is happening to them because they are getting uh, accosted and abused on the street uh, if, if they suddenly feel that uh, they have to hide who they are. The press is actually taking off on their vehicles their their logos because they're scared for the safety of their employees. That That is a scary precedent. Like th- These are the, the kind of signs that are uh, counter to freedom. Like, I, I don't know what freedom means to you, but if it doesn't mean that the press are allowed to do their job out of fear of their own safety, that kind of flies in the face of this whole, this thing is about freedom at the end of the day. Just to clarify the tweets above, I think the invocation of the Emergencies Act will mean the federal government taking over coordination of the police response, but we know it will remain forbidden from dictating the police itself. Again, the act has never been used before. I appreciate it's an old hat to keep pointing out that these people want to arrest and jail our government officials, but this video from a retired British military officer and is now a Canadian reservist saying they also need to arrest anyone who enforces public health measures. So here's the deal. Justin Trudeau is going to prison probably for life. A whole bunch of other people are in deep trouble. Cabinet ministers, public health authorities, members of the public. I think. Wow, breaking. Just as I said that, he did it. Breaking. Justin Trudeau invokes the Emergencies Act for the first time in Canadian history. He says it will be for a time-limited way and limited in scope. Financial institutions will be able to stop funds used to support illegal blockades. Fucking, this part is very scary to me. Says it will be in a time-limited way and limited in scope. Like, honestly, at that point, you have to provide nothing but complete and utter transparency. You you cannot do vague statements like this. You cannot be like, well, it's good. All Canadians know this is in the best interest of Canadians. And I promise, as your Prime Minister, we will stop these things once everything is taken care of. Rest assured, this is for Canadians like, goddamn. I, like, I, I, I'm deeply upset by all of this. I, I'm upset that it got to this point. I, I'm upset that this has happened. I'm upset that, like, this whole thing has been astroturfed as some kind of workers' movement by a whole bunch of people uh, who are supposed to be uh, advocates for workers' rights, who are supposed to talk about lefty issues, who have let themselves be thoroughly and utterly fooled by the right, by the alt-right, like, f- thoroughly. It, it, like, when once we get to the money part of this, it's, like, it's astonishing how fast every single one of them fell in line. How and, and they're the ones that helped amplify things to this point, by the way. If you've got people who are supposed to be on the side of the people, okay? The the Jimmy Doors, the fucking uh Russell Brands, uh fucking Joe Rogans, you know, he's just he's just a common everyday podcaster talking about everyday issues, and then he, he's 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 reaching out to the common folks, this hundred million dollar podcaster who's come to speak for the will of the people. If you've got them amplifying the voices of an organization that is getting funding and, and fucking organized by the alt-right in this country. Fucking look no further than Canada. Like, they never did any research into this. It, it was it was just jaw-dropping how, how quickly it was just like, yeah, this is this is a workers' revolt, clearly. And, and people who aren't in support of that, there you go. Meanwhile, all of them, radio silence on the complete ineptitude of the police in this issue. How the police have been doing a double standard in this country. When it comes to indigenous people, when it comes to environmental protesters, when it comes to unions, fucking union drives, when it comes to homeless encampments, wait until you see the raw fury of the police. Wait until you see what the police do to homeless people living in Toronto in camps. They will bash those things down. They will pepper spray people. They will beat people. They will unleash the full capacity of their resources 
taxes, when it happens to be something that fucking stands in the interest of capital, when it, when it's people living on sovereign indigenous land, when it comes to the Wet'suwet'en crisis and people living there, you will see the RCMP come with full militarized gear, with sniper rifles, fucking trained on elders, elders who are just sitting there peacefully protesting, saying, we have the right to this sovereign land, you cannot be here, you cannot put a pipeline through this area, but boom, they will crack down on them instantaneously. And when it's an occupying force of a whole bunch of people who might be, I guess, ideologically lined up with, suddenly it's like, well, there's nothing we can do. I mean, come on. Uh, they're, they're peaceful. They're, they're setting up camps. They're, they're, they're setting up sauna centers. I mean, there's bouncy castles. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of them have brought their kids. That's like, that is that is the sign of cowardice. That it, nothing could be uh, more indicating of how cowardly this is if you are using your children as, as peons in this entire thing. Like, yes, obviously. Obviously, the police have to treat this with the utmost uh, severity if there's kids involved. And, and they should. Like, and that complicates things ever further. It's no surprise to me that their head of security is an ex-RCMP officer. That, that now there's these, these call-outs that there is military personnel who've involved themselves in the protests. Because again, what is this telling you? Like, what, what signs are you seeing by this, by these tactics that they're adopting, that they're, that they're officiating their own officers of the peace, that they now have the right to a citizen's arrest because they're officers of the peace because it, we say so, shit like that. All these tactics that have been alarm bells, absolute alarm bells to people who studied this kind of thing, read their reports, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, uh, we, we, we can't do anything about it. You know, we, we can't even really make arrests uh, at the end of the day. I, I mean, it is, it, we, we've just never experienced anything like this before. For. Our hands are tied. And now it's accelerated to the point where Justin Trudeau is invoking the Emergencies Act. Like, this also scares me. I, like, I never wanted it to get to this point. The whole problem here has been that there is two separate systems uh, in this country. Like, you know, people, no wonder that Canada is unwilling to accept Amnesty International's uh, recent report uh, that, you know, Israel is is uh, invoking a system of apartheid because Canada has a system of apartheid. So, of course, Canada is not going to be able to acknowledge that. They're not going to look towards that and be like, well, uh, no, because, whew, I mean, if we call that out, there's a lot of things that we're doing over here that might be, uh, you know, under a little bit more scrutiny. We like being like the, the PR that Canada has is absolutely flawless, flawless, and everyone thinks that Canada is this wonderful utopian country. It's it's like this Nordic uh, neighbor uh, to America. This little Nordic neighbor to the north. You know they, they've got they've got that public health care up there, eh? And so everything's fine. You know, there's there's no all right infiltration. There's 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 no uh, you know collusion uh, between police officers of the military and uh, what is now an occupying force demanding freedom. And and a lot of people who genuinely do say fuck Trudeau in, in the same way like a lot of people genuinely despise uh, Biden and a lot of the people who uh, in January six seem to have a lot of ties to a lot of other organizations. But like the same thing is happening here. Oh God, I think it's worth just covering this for yeah. a second. Right? This is on the screen there the Crimes Against Humanity and War Crimes Act, or a chunk of it. Right? Section 4. Every person is guilty of an indictable offense who commits A. Genocide. Hmm. Not too sure if that's happening because it's not targeted. But B. A crime against humanity. Clearly, Articles 1, 7, and 9 of the ICCPR have been broken and broken across broad swathes of Canadian society, and broken by public health authorities and the government. Like, this is, this is like, oppress me, please. Please, can I experience oppression? You know, what, like, 
and see a war crime. Well, we're not in a war, war crime. It's not a war crime. War crimes. They, they, they allowed you to set up and, and, and make your bouncy castle land and, and make the sauna centers and, and the BBQ cookouts, and, and, and those are war crimes. Crimes against humanity are what happens when there is no war. Now let's go to the next subparagraph, 1.1. Sorry to anyone banking on, okay, our work here is done. We're going home post from the occupiers, the occupiers pro. Peace, love, unity, freedom. Are these uh, violent fringe trying to overthrow the government? These are Canadian citizens, and they want their rights and freedoms uh, back. They were never taken, uh, justifiably taken. God bless our land, glorious and free, as we're posting drinking party uh, videos on there. This is this is the oppression that is being faced as we rave all Saturday night. Uh, hydrogen, thank you very much. Uh, why stop now? These occupiers are settling are setting policy in several Canadian provinces. May as well keep being keep going until they're in government. And again, it's because a lot of the premiers happen to be, if you're looking at Ford, somewhat ideologically aligned with what is going on. So it's very difficult. It's it's tough for me too here. All right. I wanted to show everybody uh, a little bit. I, I made this yesterday a comparison for how the police have acted uh, in uh, the occupying protest, convoy, honking, whatever you want to call it, versus how they've acted in the past. I support you guys 100%. Thank Thanks, you. All right. That's what we like to hear. Awesome. I haven't been to Ottawa. A lot of us are. Yeah. For nothing but great things for. Thank let's, you. Let's listen to that again. I support you guys 100%. Thank Thanks. you. I support you guys 100%. Thank Thanks, you. Man. All right. That's what we like to hear. So, awesome. I haven't been to Ottawa. A lot of us are. Yeah. For nothing but great things for a protest. Yeah. Wonderful. Wait till you get there. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you truckers, thank you farmers, thank you people with open hearts and um, clear minds for standing up, the police officers when we could not stand up for you. Oh nice, help, help them out with their tent there, yeah. Oh yeah, good job, thumbs up. I support freedom and I support a return to normal. Yeah, you got a friend in me. Well, I hope they're not honking at me thinking I have arrested you or something. <laughs> a little hard to hear, but this is a police officer giving a bunch of uh, truckers, uh, or sorry, I should say occupiers, uh, rides in the car. And then saying, oh, I hope they're not honking at me because they think I'm arresting you or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of room back there, eh? Oh, one more. Oh, here you go. Come in. Have a have yourself a time. Meanwhile. Little different. A little bit different. Slight difference. At that point, when I saw him get dragged off, I just had a feeling in my gut that I was going to be dragged off as well. Axes, guns, dogs. 
Get out of here. Breaking that. A little more severe. Arresting the press. I'm a member of the media. I'm filming a documentary okay. for CBC okay. Television. You are, you are twisting my, you are twisting my wrist. I'm a member of the media. I'm filming a documentary for CBC Television. So that should give everyone a quick uh, idea of the difference going on here. Uh, I made the the video, but I can I can share the link. But that's why, it, like, it genuinely upsets me every single time people are like, uh, well, what is, is, is the left asking for police brutality here? Is the left asking for people to crack skulls? God, no. No, we're not. We're saying you should be noticing a striking difference, okay? When indigenous people protest, there isn't like, hey, do you want to come ride in the car? Do you, you want to hang out in the, oh, all right, okay, let's bring in another one. When do you, you hang out? Okay, cool, cool, all right. And you don't get video clips on TikTok where like, oh, I support you guys 100%. Oh, yeah, wait till you get down to Ottawa. We hear nothing but good things about those protesters over there. Yeah, all right there, buddy. Oh, yeah, high fives all around. Good times. Good times. There you go. Winnipeg police arrested an indigenous counter-protester carrying a sign that says you are all on native land uh, you are all on native land for blocking traffic while anti-vax con uh, convoyers blocked traffic and partied up a few meters away no arrests or challenge from the same police so this is the police in Winnipeg they finally make an arrest and it happens to be an indigenous protester They later, uh, sorry, they later cited public intoxication as the reason for uh, detaining this individual. Yeah, intoxicated in public laws. The person was not intoxicated, as you can clearly see. You've been drinking. No, I haven't. Was the first response. Hey, is this person under arrest? Hey! What's the reason? What's the reason? The sign said you are on stolen land. It was a counter-protester. This was one of the first two people arrested in Winnipeg. And of course, like... So like there was luckily there was a big pushback to this. Luckily, a lot of people came and spoke out. Uh, you know, a lot like a lot of NDP members immediately were just beside themselves, being like, "This is fucking disgusting." But again, the people in Winnipeg have been calling for the police to do something about the uh, the occupation that's been taking place there as well. It's been taking place in multiple cities. Uh, they did a very good counter protest. A lot of amazing signs. A lot of good pushback. But like, it's it's just so striking. You know, the the first person arrested happened. Like people uh, online, a lot of like if you follow Indigenous Twitter, they were saying things like that. They were like, "Watch the first person arrested in Winnipeg uh, being someone who's Indigenous." And sure enough, like the Onion, you can't you can't write this shit. You know, the people who blocked the roadway and Ambassador Bridge for a week didn't face any penalties, not even a parking ticket. They were allowed to leave. Only a few got arrested after they'd repeatedly refused to move on. Are there any lessons from this? There were many journalists covering the story behind us, CBC, a bunch of them. For all the anti-media uh, sentiment they uh, hate, I'm grateful so many people of us are taking courage in reporting. So uh, that's happening at the same time. All right, Give, Send, Go was hacked. Uh, what does it say where the money is coming from? Of the 92,844 donations, 51,666 of them came from the United States. Only 29% of the donations came from Canada. 
1,831, 2% came from the UK. The top 10 donor countries are here. United States, Canada, Britain, and then the list goes on. Um, but this is something that is striking. If you don't know, Give, Send, Go is the Christian alternative to GoFundMe. Uh, Give, Send, Go uh, was refusing to comply with Canadian orders to not distribute the money. Uh, they were like, we will we will not comply with a, you know, a court injunction or anything like that. Um, and I don't know who is responsible for hacking them, but the hack revealed where all the funding came from and each of the donors. The large donations that were coming in, some of them were as large as $15,000, $20,000. Uh, they were coming overwhelmingly from the United States. And uh, some people have done some additional reporting this totally working class conscious business owner who's a proud supporter of the Canadian military and the police proudly donated $18,000 to the anti-vax convoy you know the, the the working class the working class owner of a manufacturing company apparently donated $75,000 to the anti-vax convoy yeah y- y- you know the working class the the workers the 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 boss the boss of a major company who, who who would stand to benefit from having absolutely no restrictions or safety measures on the border. That's that's the, the, the working class that we're all hearing so much about. Interesting. Interesting, that. This happened four days before the hack. Adopt a trucker. Sensitive user data on the popular Freedom Convoy donation site still available despite the alleged fix. Give, send, go is still working, working strong. Hog sauce the disciple. Thank you for the prime. Uh, Give, send, go. The donation service being used by the Canadian trucker protest known as the Freedom Convoy is still leaking sensitive user data despite allegedly fixing the issue earlier this week. Now the journalistic collective DDoS Secrets says it's obtained files that the site failed to secure even after being alerted to the problem. On Tuesday, TechCrunch reported that a security researcher had discovered an unsecured Amazon S3 bucket containing 50 gigabytes of data. Files in the data uh, included everything from... Oh, thank you. Your call-out enabling of Russia by tankies but not enabling of crystal ball by Kyle for special reasons curious crystal ball by Kyle you, you sent me the link that what the the call out was supposed to be maybe you missed my my uh, my coverage a couple of weeks ago cuz i was calling out uh Kyle i think like 2 weeks ago i think we made it, i think the video's already on the surf times i could be wrong but but maybe i am um anyways uh, where was I? Oh, the Freedom Convoy has recently begun giving Give, Send, Go after its GoFundMe account was shut down in response to the allegations that members were engaging in violence and harassment on the streets of Canada. The protest movement, which racked up $7.9 million in donations on GoFundMe, has acquired $8.3 million since switching to the Give, Send, Go. After being alerted to the security lapse by TechCrunch, Give, Send, Go appeared to fix the issue, but the Daily Dot learned on uh, Thursday the sensitive data was still accessible. A source with access to the data explained the Daily Dot gives Give, Send, Go appeared to not only remove the ability to view and index of the storage bucket's contents, but did disable direct access to the file. Uh, themselves. The Daily Dot was able to view multiple files, including a scan of the individual social security card, oh my god, as well as multiple military identifications. The sensitive information that is accessible appears to be from users who set up campaigns and includes photos of credit cards, birth certificates, health insurance cards, voter IDs, permanent residence cards, and a police commissioner's ID. Wow. As noted by TechCrunch, the security researcher had previously left the note in the company's S3 bucket back in late 2018 in an attempt to alert the company to its security woes. Just a little, like, uh, you should notice this. And if you don't notice this, then you're fucked. <laughs> In a separate note, the security researcher who left behind the links to his Twitter profile and LinkedIn page warned Givesem Go that a bucket had not been poorly configured. By the way, I'm not here trying to speak as if I, I understand 100% what a lot of these terms mean. I'm not a tech guru by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Oh, also, total sidebar. Uh, don't worry, I won't unlock myself. Uh, someone reached out to me who works in uh, AI development, and they're an AI researcher, and they've been saying for a while that they've actually been trying to tackle the problem of racism 
inherent in AI and the way it's being developed now, and they're going to come on the show to talk about that. So that'll be a neat thing. Get your get all your questions ready. This they want to answer any questions Chad has about AI, how it works, how the development is coming along, those kind of things. Uh, there's comments in this mega thread suggesting the U.S. border can deny entry just for being mentioned in a police report. No arrest required. Okay, let me get that one. Mopping calls, intersectional bourgeois. I'll say that for later because it's not really related. Um, the Daily Dot was able to confirm some of the IDs match those set up from the campaigns. Wells did not reply to a follow-up email asking if it would work properly to secure the data. The data was then later provided to the Journalism Collective DVOS oh, Secrets on Thursday. Yeah. God damn, I'm getting all the, the TYT raids today. Jeff Waldorf, thank you for the party of four, uh, 32. Everyone, go to twitch.tv slash Jeff underscore Waldorf and give, them, uh, and give him a big uh, follow back. Welcome in. Hello, readers. We're just in the middle of talking about the hack of the Give, Send, Go uh, trucker campaign. The data was later provided to Journalism Collective DDO Secrets on Thursday. Given the sensitivity of the data, DDO Secrets announced that it would only provide access to journalists and researchers. DDO Secrets said that they provided at least 1,000 images that are deemed to be of sensitive information. Give, Send, Go's ongoing security problems came in as an American conservative attempt to launch a freedom convoy of their own. An internal memo from the Department of Homeland Security warned last week that the truckers could attempt to disrupt the Super Bowl. Uh, that didn't really happen. The Super Bowl went on as uh, as scheduled. Convoy mega thread. The truckers occupying Ottawa and other places in Ontario and across Canada can be denied access to the U.S. There is a wealth of information collected from their plates and videos. The U.S. Border Service can deny entry into the U.S. even if you have not been charged with anything. If your name appears in a police report, that may cause you to be stopped at the border according to the following article. The question is, does the U.S. want anyone involved in occupying a city, international bridge in their country? You may need to enter the U.S. by motor vehicle, air, by other means for work, or visiting for a family vacation. These things can possibly stay on your records for a long time. I don't think they're thinking about all of this, though. I don't think any of these things are like, uh, like they're not worried right now about like well what if i get arrested and what if i face uh, you know consequences for my actions right now like they've been allowed to occupy uh, ottawa for over two weeks and, and set up like bouncy castles and, and bbq cookouts and massive raves and like right now they just think that like well uh, you know we're just peacefully protesting and, and our message is being heard and and clearly this is the working class uh, a military vehicle and a handful of commercial trucks have broken through a BC RCMP barricade as hundreds of demonstrators march to the Pacific Highway border. Several officers are essentially trapped by the party and protesters. And again, bizarre to see military grade vehicles, but okay. All right, it's time to check in on our favorites, Pat King, Tamara Litch. Uh, by the way, while the occupiers have tried to distance themselves from Pat King, because Pat King, of course, is the Anglo-Saxon bloodlines guy, and uh, he has some very spicy, shall we say, takes uh, in his live broadcasts. He's still the one speaking with Tamara Lynch in this broadcast. Tamara Lynch is the founder of the GoFundMe and the one who apparently received the $1 million uh, payout that has been received. But yet there's really been no accounting for how the money is being used yet. But I'm sure she'll be completely transparent with that at some point. I'm just that excited, guys. That's how excited I get. I get so excited that I can't get my damn microphone to work. But that's all right. Am I going to talk about Charlie Kirk and the sexual anarchy? Well, yes. I believe we're all sexual anarchists now, right? Yeah, well, we'll talk about Charlie Kirk. We'll laugh. We'll laugh a little bit about Charlie Kirk. You know Kirk. what? I have no problems. Re- this is that like segment of the show right now where if you're an American, isn't this giving you some uh, a little bit of catharsis? Like all all year last year. I mean, it, it basically popped off with the January 6th insurrection. We were covering America. Like, that that season of the surfs was all America. It was America's season just in TV in general. And, and now Canada. Canada's in the spotlight. Canada's being all ridiculous. So don't you get to just sit back and be like, you know what? This is nice. This is nice for a change. You know, it's all, all them Canadians. Them silly Canadians acting all wacky up there. You know, doing all these silly things. 
we don't we don't look as weird in comparison anymore. I mean, they're they're actually getting pretty damn weird. Pretty damn weird. This is this is nice, you know. I, I would assume. I assume that's what it's like, you know. I I hope. <laughs> Repeating it. I'm gonna repeat it over and over and over and over and over to Canada. Thank you so oh, thanks, Glass Fiber, much for the love, the support, everything you guys have done to bring this together. A uh, recent poll shows that 67% of Canadians approve the use of the military in dealing with the protesters. That's that's how far this has gotten. They approve the use of the, like that. That is not an often thing, you know? Like, even if you're a normie, even if you're, like, a, a centrist, even if you're on the sidelines, you're not normally like, well, yeah, I approve the use of the military on my own citizenry. But that that's how far, that's how, like, that's how far they've pushed people to the point where, like, now that recent poll shows 67% of Canadians approve the use of the military. It's like, that's, that's a wild thing. That's a wild thing for them to think that they should use the military, a force that's supposed to protect Canadians against Canadians, in essence. Uh, Inez Lore, thank you very much for the gifted sub. Without you guys, we are not able to do this. I'm absolutely blown away. Um, I'm actually overwhelmed uh, right now. The throat apples are starting already. So if you're familiar with the convoy, um, the throat apples, they're, they're there. And they're really hard to get rid of when they're Clean there. Clean up your room. But to everybody Inez Lore, so thank you. you. We hit a million bucks! You guys rocked it. Each and every one of you out there, you rocked it. You hit a million dollars. Thank you so much to the people of Canada. This is making the most biggest impact. We found out where the money came from, and the majority of it is not from Canada. Turns out it's from the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, a lot of business owners in the U.S. are funding this whole thing. A lot of alt-righty types, too. Seems like when we trace the cash, it's not exactly a workers' revolt anymore. In the media, ever, ever, we're inundated by media calls left and right, wanting interview after interview after interview. Uh, I had the opportunity of doing an interview today, this morning, with Global Calgary. <laughs> Good job, Global News. Good job. Good job putting the white supremacist on TV. Great. Hopefully no one Googles him afterwards. I did the other one with Global out of Montreal as well. Yeah, um, great job, Global Montreal. Week, guys, the media is on our side. They can't hide from this. This is making such a statement on a political on the political realm of things that they cannot not tell the news. They have to tell it. They can't lie. They can't run away from it. They can't get even in front of it to try and twist the stories. They're straight to the point questions. There's uh, there's no lead on questions. There's no baiting. There's no shitty journalism out there where they're trying to catch you and saying something wrong they just want the meat the potatoes but they have to report on it that's it they have to they got no choice because what we're about to show them in a social media level and everything on a social media scale the media has no choice they're going to be so caught in their lies that their game is over it's so over. i just want you guys to know that the game's up on the media media's they're done already on it so that being said, Good job, everybody. I'm going to stop talking for a little bit because, you know, I got that gift of the gab. I oh, yeah, do you ever. Oh, I'm, I was good until you showed
So, by the way, everyone who's constantly like, hey, Pat King doesn't speak for us. He's been removed as an organizer, okay? You can't use Pat King to try and tarnish the convoy. We should be looking to someone like Tamara Litch, okay? Tamara Litch is the one who started the GoFundMe. Uh, she may be a part of the whole separatist movement, Wexit party, you know. They may have some credible ties to the far right or whatever. But anyways, Tamara Litch uh, is not Pat King. That We can say that. And now let's turn to a live stream where Tamara Lynch and Pat King are just hanging out and doing the do. Give me that video, and now I'm a little got some throat apples myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, well, the throat apples. And gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Tamara. Tamara is the whole, well, she's not the whole, but she is an integral part of this, this campaign. So she's also been walking around saying that she's indigenous. She's been telling everyone that she's Metis. And because of that, uh, she's bringing uh, some indigenous uh, protest to this. And uh, she's been quite vocal about that, telling the press that as well. Turns out a bunch of people did a little bit of research and they actually tracked her entire genealogy as well as the Métis Federation out east. And she is 100% lying. She is not. She is actually just lying about that to try and, I don't know, garner some street cred. There's a massive problem in this country about people pretending to be indigenous uh, under the banner of being Métis. And uh, oftentimes there are organizations that spring up in different provinces where you can buy a Métis card for a small fee. It's like $250 to get your Métis card. Yeah, go around, tell everyone you're indigenous. Yeah, say that you need some indigenous rights and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely abhorrent behavior. There's a reason there's other organizations like the one I'm a part of that actually aren't about making money. You don't join them so they can make $250 per person. You join them, and part of being like in that organization is they track your lineage beforehand. So I'm not allowed to join, I wasn't allowed to join the BC Métis Federation and get my status card until, because it is a provincially approved organization, until they went through my lineage. And they, I had to provide my family tree, I had to show them my distant relatives, including the one that is apparently supposed to be a sharpshooter for Louis Riel, all that cool stuff. But anyways, I had to provide all of that. And then once they get all that, they go through it, they, they have to, you know, they give you a couple months while they're tracking it, and afterwards they approve it, and then you get uh, your, your card. It's, it's not as simple as being like, well, $250 is all that stands from you and claiming that you're indigenous and trying to gain indigenous rights. Pat King, also someone who's been abhorrent in this topic because he's come forward in some of his press conference and said, everyone in Canada, technically, if you were born here, is indigenous. I'm indigenous. You're indigenous. If you were born here, you're an indigenous Canadian. Every single one of you. I know my Alex Jones is overlapping a little bit with my Pat King, so, so there's that. Uh, in any case, I'll be including more of the Twitter spaces, the Q&A when I get home. In the meantime, the negotiated letter stating the trucks will be moved remains contentious. Uh, the Plaid Army, Diagalon, Jeremy McKenzie believes they were sold out. Organizing leadership sounds like anything but. More far-right figures, by the way, and being public spokespeople for this. This, this, this leadership cell of uh, you know political operatives like uh, Dichter and Dagny... Um, yeah, we saw a glass fire, and honestly, that that whole thing scares me. It, it's like a, it, it's 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 very striking that it's gotten to that point, and that's a complete failure of the local police forces, who have not only not done anything, but have been like all you know chummy chummy with protesters. That uh, all of a sudden it's gone to the point. Like, and I also it frightens me that the the language that's being used by the prime minister when it comes to invoking the emergency services act, something that's never happened in this country's history, uh, is that it's going to happen for a time that is. 
necessary, blah, blah, blah. Like, if anything, now's the time to be completely transparent. You, you could be like, we are invoking this for a period of seven days. At seven days' time, we will have used it to completely clear out any of the violent aspects of the protest and or the people blocking the borders or something like that, at which point then we will be removing the blah, blah, blah. But just, just giving this blanket statement, that is also very, very frightening to me. Um, heading to the Coots and the Border Standoff, QAnon promoter Logan Murphy is writing about the situation. The QAnon is just all over this as well, which is another fucked up thing. The arrest that took place angered Greg Arcade. Um, meet the award nominated country singer from Winnipeg who's collaborating with them. <laughs> well, that's always good. Uh, concern heightened by the prospect that the Emergency Act might be invoked. It was invoked. The accelerations, such as Jeremy McKenzie, are angry with, I have to say, is a bit ironic considering sort of what they want to have happen. What are they saying? Rage board. If Trudeau intends to invoke the Emergency Measures Act, expect attacks on our citizens to intensify dramatically. These people are out of control. They are answering calls for de-escalation with authoritarian creeps of the state. Bill Blair, an alcoholic criminal that abused and trampled the rights of the countless people during the G7 uh, presentation. Anyone respecting and considering this man's authority is laughable as the rest of the government. He can't wait to have officers stomp more civilians. Probably jealous he's too old or broken to do it himself. That is a lot that I could probably cover, but I'm independent, uh, so I'm off to go to work. Oh, man. Uh, not just uh, the RCMP, but uh, the OPP. But. Uh, to ensure that there is a coordinated approach on that. But uh, in terms of confidence in the police, I think uh, we could do worse than turn to uh, our Minister of uh, Emergency Preparedness, uh, Bill Blair, uh, to respond to that. Bill. Yeah, thank you very much, Prime Minister, and, and good afternoon, everyone. Um, the, the, the RCM, the, excuse me, the Ontario Ottawa Police Service remains the police of jurisdiction in the city of Ottawa. But the, the police services right across Canada and certainly in Ontario have been coming together. And they recently announced on Friday the, the formation of an integrated um, command structure for, the, for managing this event. Um, and that really brings the resources and the capacities of the OPP and the RCMP to the assistance of the Ottawa Police. Uh, we've also had conversations with other police agencies across Ontario, and, and they recognize the situation here and the importance of, of, of ensuring that there are adequate resources. But it's, it's not simply an issue of resources, but also of authorities. And we have been working from the very outset with, with the municipality and with the province in order to ensure that our police services here in Ottawa and right across Canada have the authorities they need and, and the resources they need to do the important job. Now, as I, as I said yesterday, Policing is a very important institution in our society. We need the police to do their job of upholding our laws, to maintain the rule of law, and to maintain public order and safety. No, this is not one, one five. This and we is have regular. a responsibility to make sure that they have the resources and the tools that they need to do that job. They have our support. And, and, and as, as that support uh, grows in, in the city of Ottawa, I have confidence that they'll be able to restore order with the support that we're providing. Next question. Hi, Prime Minister. Stephanie Taylor with the Canadian Press. You emphasized we're not calling in the military to deal with the situation, but all options, as you said last week, are on the table. So what would it take for you to bring the military into this situation? What would the criteria be, and, and what would it take for you to make that decision? Um, I'm not going to engage in hypotheticals right now. I think what is most important is that Canadians get their lives back, their communities back, their neighbourhoods back, uh, and can once again rely on their jobs and the trade and the supply chains that uh, are supporting them and putting food on their tables. Uh, the reality is the measures that we put forward today, oh, this uh, is which have been carefully thought through, uh, will give... I was going to say that is pretty funny. Why does Canadian government look like extras from a Dune movie? <laughs> uh, in 
uh, even uh, stronger and clearer ways uh, against these uh, illegal protests, these illegal occupations uh, and blockades uh, that are hurting Canadians. Uh, we will continue uh, to monitor and we will continue to do the things necessary to keep Canadians safe. No, great. I, I was curious. Do you have a link to where it says that it's oh, it's implemented for thirty days, uh, no more, no less? I, I just want to read that. Like I'm 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 learning as we go. This is the first time this has ever happened in this country. Canadians want to see. Uh, over the weekend, Minister Blair expressed uh, that he was a little baffled by the lack of law enforcement he saw. I want to know what you think. Do you agree with yeah. him that it is a little baffling? The Ottawa police are not enforcing more of the laws. What do you make of the policing you have seen to date on Wellington Street and elsewhere in Ottawa? I think there, uh, there is a high level of frustration amongst uh, residents of Ottawa uh, that this situation has gone on as long as it has. Uh, certainly the uh, frustration people feel in Ottawa has been echoed across the country uh, and indeed around the world. Uh, and it is important that uh, the police of jurisdiction working with the OPP and the RCMP are able to put an end to these illegal protests. The specific and limited measures that we are putting forward today as part of the Emergencies Act will give them further tools that in their co coordinated response between the Ottawa Police Services, the OPP and the RCMP working together um, should be able to uh, respond to these concerns by the citizens of Ottawa who want their cities back. We'll take one last question in the foyer before turning to the phone. Yeah, uh, Prime Minister Ryan Templeton, National Post. Uh, over the weekend, Mayor Jim Watson here in Ottawa made a, a deal with protest organizers to move more trucks onto Wellington Street and out of residential areas. I'm wondering if you can give me any reaction to that deal. I know that the City of Ottawa, uh, its police services and its uh, elected officials have been uh, pursuing an end to these uh, blockades. Uh, this has gone on far too long. It is no longer a lawful protest. Uh, at a disagreement over government policy. It is now uh, an illegal occupation. It is time for people to go home. The measures that we've put forward today uh, will be additional tools for law enforcement at all levels uh, to be able to uh, secure an end to these blockades. You're announcing today rules around preventing banks from dealing with these illegal blockades. The city of Ottawa has dealt with these legal blockades. Don't you find that problematic? That we agree that JT's a shitlib. Fuck yeah. No, I hate Justin Trudeau. Like, so much of this, people keep positioning themselves for like, well, the Lance supports Justin Trudeau, and he's just like a pro-Trudeau liberal shill. It's like, no, fuck Justin Trudeau. Like, you can walk and chew gum at the same and time. allow residents to get back to their lives. The measures that we put forward today around uh, empowering banks uh, to follow up and to uh, ensure that funds are not used for illegal activities such as blockades uh, will be significantly helpful uh, in um, in reducing the size and impact of these blockades. Merci. On va maintenant tourner au téléphone. Opératrice, c'est à vous. Comrade Kool-Aid. <laughs> Comrade Kool-Aid, thank you. Just want to show everybody what was happening and is still continuing to happen up uh, around the old growth forest protests near uh, Ferry Creek, where they've arrested over 700 people already. Officer to be airlifted out. That wasn't true. An investigation has revealed that the RCMP misled the public. Spraying them with mace and pepper spray. And actually struck their head and ended up becoming unconscious, and they had to be airlifted out of the area. 
direction was given to the crowd to follow police direction to move out of the way. They did not follow that direction. OC spray was deployed, and then they followed the direction and that member could be removed from that area. We revisited that day from nine different angles, and we found that what the RCMP told us was in some ways misleading and in other ways was completely false. Much of the relevant action took place within a minute and a half. What you see here is all in real time. The crowd struggles against the police, one officer loses his footing and falls backwards. The protesters are in what's known as a blob, linking arms to prevent anyone from being singled out for arrest. They notice what's happening on the ground, and the police are shouting at them to move back. People within the crowd also signal to one another to move back, and they do, moving away from the officer on the ground. This directly contradicts what the RCMP told us, that the crowd was out of control and presented a danger to the officer. The officer on the ground crawls away, while another officer runs to a truck to get pepper spray. By now, the officer who fell is clear of the crowd and moving on his own power. It's apparent that Clean if he was room. knocked unconscious, it was extremely brief. Insomnia Noir, thank you for the $5 dono. Thank you for following this story so closely. I have friends in Canada, so I've been able to check in with them to make sure they're safe. Why wouldn't the robot read that out? Normally it doesn't read out things if there's a word. Oh, it, you, Canada. That was a swear word in there, I guess. I have no idea. And that if he received medical treatment, it wasn't right there at that moment. BC Emergency Health Services tell us they treated protesters on the scene for exposure to pepper spray, but no other injuries were reported. As the officer returns with the pepper spray, he passes the one that had been on the ground. In the meantime, two vehicles have been able to get around the crowd, which has now been contained. This disproves what the RCMP said about the need to clear the route for evacuation. The pepper spray wouldn't be used for another 3 minutes and 15 seconds. By the way, the there's like there's some comparisons to what happens or what is happening in Ferry Creek in that people and protesters, both indigenous and land protectors, uh, environmentalists, they had set up some uh, things in the trees and some other places like that. This is uh, an area that is completely remote, so it's not in the center of a city. It's not like in the center of downtown Ottawa. Uh, they were not honking their cars every single day. Uh, they were trying to block the deforestation of old growth trees. And you can just see how they are treated by the police in this country. From this moment. One other quick thing um, to talk about, since we were talking about Pat King and, uh, you know, people pretending to be indigenous. Spoke with Cree clan mother and elder Nancy Skaney, 83, Cold Lake, uh, this afternoon. She's furious that Pat King is using her name to tout his agenda. She says it's a lie and that she's giving or supporting him to be a pipe carrier. She told she told him never to speak to her again. So Pat King is saying that, like, ah, there's a elder, uh, Nancy Skaney, uh, who has uh, said that I have permission to uh, be a pipe carrier. Uh, that's a very sacred ceremony, and, and because of that, we are now uh, being endorsed by indigenous groups. It's a peace pipe to Pat. Pat is lying. We got earned, and it's going to be the sweat lodge. I mean, a TP ceremony where the elders will do a peace pipe to somebody else to do a peace pipe to a man that that doesn't even deserve to have a peace pipe. What do you think of Pat King? He says a lot of racist things. Well, I don't like people losing me for their lives. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to anybody to go, uh, to go and give myself a name. Yeah. And to put myself on a pedestal like that. It was wrong, but they about me. 
I just talked to him this morning as soon as I heard it. I finally got a hold of him. And then I met his guy gave you permission to give me a peace pipe because that was a lie. Yeah. I don't even have one. I don't have one because I think that I don't deserve a peace pipe. I could have taken a peace pipe many years ago. And that's made it people have too much respect for a peace pipe to be thrown around like that. He never answered me back to the phone and I asked him what happened. Because he better apologize, saying all kinds of terrible things like that about me that what he'd done to me. He was doing a bad name too. And I don't think it's right for him to to use me to get what he wants. That uh, freedom in there. What the hell is freedom how to do is healing? We need to be like Pat and make it worse than what it is. Don't you think we suffer enough in our lifetime without having people lying about us now? I said, if you're going to use me to put yourself up there in a pedestal, I'm going to leave me alone and never to talk to me again. So, yeah, what a surprise. Pat King is lying through his teeth. Like, it's 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 really fucked up. You've got Pat King and Tamara Lich. Pat King claiming that he has either been endorsed or has the support of indigenous communities when just across the board, if you look at the statements from actual bands in Canada, they've condemned this, uh, to lying uh, about, you know, having the approval of Nancy Skaney, uh, an elder, uh, to Tamara Lynch, straight up just telling people that she's indigenous when she's not. I mean, it's pretty fucked up on top of everything else. Okay, sorry, I just want to see this. Um... Brian Litch and Brian Peckford are holding a press conference about the plan and position of the Emergencies Act. Asked whether the occupiers might disperse if the police move in, Peckford said they'll hold the line. In the back room, Glenn McGregor asked them about the reports from the uh, Coots and Alberta out of significant uh, uh, cache of weapons have been found in the occupiers' trucks. The room, including the journalists and the occupation-friendly media outlets, started shouting lies. No answer. I think they just ended the press conference. <laughs> asked whether the occupiers have any weapons. Question for Ms. Leach. Today in, in Coots, Alberta, the RCMP arrested 11 people who were found having firearms, ammunition, body armor in their trailers at the blockade site. Can you assure people in this community that none of the protesters who were here have, have firearms in their trucks or vehicles? What's a lie? What a press conference. <laughs> You got like Canada Unity, Rebel News, all these people just like surrounding like all the fucking press, and like every single time they ask a question, lies, lie. Question: Do they have fire? Does anybody here have firearms in their trucks? No. Yes or no? I can't even make out what they're saying over the rest of the alt media who are answering the questions on their behalf. Like, that is wild. No, no, they don't. No, Rebel Media is here to tell the truth. As, as, we, as we know it, as we know it, crime has gone down in this city since the truckers came. So what you're saying? Answer the question. Are there firearms in the truck? Oh, that's it. Okay then. <laughs> she shit disturbers here. <laughs> that 
that question isn't even that like wild. It's like, oh, by the way, is, is anyone armed? Lies, lies. Yeah, they always lose. Yeah. Who asked the question again? CTV? I don't know. <laughs> Who asked that question? Yeah, was it CTV? Get him. Get him. What was up with that? Have I explained the Emergency Measures Act? Well, I would have to learn alongside you. This is the first time in this country's history that we've ever had it. What powers does it is? I just give? want to bring in another guest that uh, will hopefully bring us up to date on everything. I want to bring in now Wesley Wark. He's in Ottawa. He's a senior fellow at the Center for International Governance Innovation. He served on the Prime Minister's Advisory Council on National Security from 2005 to 2009 and joins us now. Uh, Mr. Wark, I'm so happy to have you on. Let's to learn, everybody. This all down for us. You have learned. I have Hold on. Take take off your laughing at Chud's hat for a second. Put it somewhere, obviously. Keep it nice, perfumed, perhaps. You might want to give it a couple sprays or something. And then take out your learning caps, because we're, we're going to learn together, all right? It's, it's good for us to be informed, lefties. Learned Prime Minister Justin Trudeau told his caucus, premiers, he's invoking the Emergencies Act. What do you think of this? I think it's long overdue, to be honest. Uh, Canadians will be surprised, some will be shocked, because they've never heard of the Emergencies Act. And, and no wonder, it's an old piece of legislation that dates back to 1988, has never been used, has never been updated, has never been discussed in public. But there has been <laughs> Jeff, so much jurisdictional buck passing uh, with regard to this protest back and forth between the federal government, the Ontario provincial government, the city authorities in Ottawa, that uh, I think we've come to a pass where the federal government has had, has had to take, realizes it's had to take the lead on this and assume responsibility for dealing with the protest. And that's why I think finally uh, Justin Trudeau has decided to invoke the Emergencies Act. Now, there are, there are specific provisions uh, in the Emergencies Act that I think will be helpful uh, mm -hmm. to dealing with his protest. There are very clear powers provided uh, in the Emergencies Act. And the, the federal government, if any government in Canada has it, has the resources to bring this protest to an end. That is a policing response. But I also expect that we will see, although the Trudeau government is going very cautiously on this, we will see a call for the military to aid the civil authorities in bringing this protest to an end. That's not to say we'll see Yikes. soldiers with guns in the front lines confronting protesters. I don't think any of us imagines that will happen or wants it to happen. But the military support in terms of tactics, uh, heavy equipment, uh, intelligence support, surveillance, and so on is going to be so important because one of the things that has been clear in terms of the handling of this protest from the beginning is that there have been in terrible intelligence failures about the nature of this protest. Yeah, explain that a little bit because David and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, I had interviewed a fella that he came here, he thought he'd drive around for a couple of days, but was directed downtown and parked right in front of the parliament buildings and is now camping there indefinitely. <laughs> yeah, it's extraordinary that, um, you know, as David Cox Wait, what? <laughs> what? Hey, uh, just go down that way, take a left, and then, yeah, you can park right there. It's like, oh, okay. And then just stay. I was like, uh, what? Oh, I was just coming for the day. I just want to go in the bouncy castle. No, no, you're part of it now. You're an occupier. Oh, okay. Well, I guess <laughs> it is my calling. <laughs> it was inevitable. And others have commented, extraordinary that the city kind of opened its arms and welcomed the, the, the trucks and the protest movement to, to downtown on the basis of, of some assumption about the you know peacefulness and temporary nature of this protest, which was you know clearly unwarranted. Uh, you know The Ottawa authorities, as well as federal and provincial, had two weeks' notice that this protest convoy was heading to Ottawa, and no reason to assume uh, that it would necessarily be a very temporary or peaceful or, or lawful protest, uh, and it hasn't been any of those things. When you talk about the provisions of the Emergencies Act that can be specifically used, can you tell us specifically about those provisions you're talking about? 
Sure. So, Hannah, it's it's laid out in what's called Part Two of the Emergencies Act. This is Thank you, uh, a public emergency, as it's defined, public order emergency, and there's very specific provisions laid out there. And it, and it's also important, I think, to explain to to your listeners that uh, the Emergencies Act does not override other laws uh, in Canada. It certainly does not override charter provisions. So it okay. is meant to be embedded in uh, you know Canada's usual democratic constitutional practice, but it gives the federal government extra authority. I think the clique, the, the most important power it gives the federal government is the ability to define a place as zone that has to be secured and to prevent people from coming into or out of that zone until it's cleared. Now, it also gives the federal government the responsibility for levying fines and uh, deciding on uh, imprisonment terms. But the clear thing is is really securing a protected place, as it's described in the in the public order emergency portion of the Emergencies Act. And, and I think this will be applied to the downtown Ottawa core because the protesters are camped outside the Prime Minister's office, outside key federal government departments and agencies, including some of our our central intelligence offices in downtown Ottawa, uh, camped outside, obviously, the parliament. And and this has to end, quite apart from uh, all the inconvenience and distress it's caused to uh, downtown Ottawa citizens. We heard from Leah West a little bit earlier. She says this really is just a failure to enforce. Oh, I can already hear the InfoWars episodes on this. It's just going to be like, yeah, absolute tyranny has been achieved. We warned you about this. The globalists have taken over Canada. Now, under the watchful eye of Justin Trudeau, you will see yourselves entering the second communist state in this good old world. Right next to the United States, this is a terrifying time. Communism has effectively taken over. And that the Emergencies Act wasn't needed. What do you think of that comment? I, I disagree with Leah. I mean, Lena and I have exchanged um, mm-hmm. views on this uh, as, as I prepared a, a piece calling for the Emergency Act, which was passed on, which was published on Friday. You got a bingo already? God damn! I've been on fire, mispronouncing words, doing the Cornell West dance, and all, all that other stuff, acknowledging bingo. Hey, there's a bingo for you. You know, I, I think this is, it does require a policing uh, response, clearly, but it also requires a jurisdiction to be in clear charge of the situation. And that jurisdiction now is going to be the federal government, which is, I think, appropriate. Yeah, no means. you know, this crisis has called into question um, Canadians trust in government and in the federal government in particular. And this is precisely what the protesters want to see happen, which is why I believe this protest is deeply anti-democratic. And so Canadians, I think, want to see their trust in government and the ability of government to protect them. And I don't know how I feel about this. And in that whole rationale where it's like Canadians have lost faith in the government because of the way this has gone down. I was like, I think most people have lost faith in their local police forces who seem to be either colluding and or being very, very chummy with the protesters. And I would say that like something has to be done in regards to that but then increasing powers of the government giving sweeping governmental powers uh and then saying that like this is in an attempt to to win back the hearts and minds uh, of the canadian public by giving the government more sweeping powers secure them and and fulfill its national security duties uh, enacted and there was no way that this was going to happen as we've seen over the last 18 days unless the federal government finally stepped in I, I, and as i said i think it's high time that they did so Let me ask you this. Everybody sitting at home, in particular people in Ottawa, residents who are extremely tired of what they have seen take over their city for the past three weeks, what can they expect to see now that the Emergencies Act has been invoked? Well, I I think what they can expect to see is um, a flood of... A flood of what? Of what? of serious enforcement of, um, of, of fines and ticketing and, the, and, and this, the end to the free movement, frankly, and this is the most important thing, the end to the free movement of uh, protesters in Ottawa. I mean, you see trucks and cars traveling around in Ottawa, flying their so-called patriotic flags without, inter- without hindrance. This is going to end. 
the protesters are going to be put under siege and they're going to be isolated. And this will be a first step to clearing them out. And I think at the end of the day, the out. government will go slowly on this because they need parliamentary approval within seven days. But in the end, I think the federal government is going to have to call in the military to help the civil authorities uh, in this protest. How quickly do you think we will start to see the movement of protesters out of the down? What is happening? Uh, what you're looking at is called a stun lock within a stun lock within a stun lock. I think we have three stun locks going on because I was originally stunned by the fact that the Emergency Measures Act just got passed in Canada. And then I was like, let's learn about it. But of course, we're learning for, about it from a guy who's just so in favor of it that he's not really teaching us anything about the act itself. He's more just saying like, well, this is this is well overdue. And it's a good thing that Canadians are finally getting something that is going to help them deal with this problem. The problem of which we just had no idea how to deal with it, which I think on its surface is absurd. I think this has been a complete failure of local police forces to actually deal with something that they might be a little politically uh, inclined to be on the same side as. That seems to be what this happened. But he hasn't told like I wanted to learn about the act itself. I wanted to hear like, here's what is now imposed. He said that this can actually help control or police uh, areas they designate. So apparently there's like, my problem with giving governments more sweeping powers, and I know there's no, this is not a direct comparison in, in any way, shape or form, but the Patriot Act itself, right? Uh, at a time that came in when uh, everyone was very terrified, very scared uh, of the terrorists and the terrorists are bad and scary. And then, you know, we need to be able to give the, the government the power to be able to find the terrorists and, and arrest those terrorists. So we should give them broad sweeping powers, powers that may, uh, you know, go and fly in the face of civil liberties, we may be able to detain and arrest people based on the fact that uh, maybe your neighbor called in and said, oh, that person's kind of spooky. I think they're a terrorist. And all of a sudden people show up and arrest that person and they're not even given due process and things. That is pretty extreme. Okay, the Patriot Act is pretty extreme. And I'm surprised at this point there isn't like a concerned demand for it to be repealed. That's my biggest problem is once things get enacted, it's usually very hard to draw them back. And a lot of people just kind of get used to it. It just becomes like the way just kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess the Patriot Act is still a thing, eh? I don't know. They, they kind of stopped doing all those scary things where they would just arrest people off the streets because a neighbor called in and said they were, like, maybe a Muslim or something. So maybe maybe it's not as bad anymore, you know? Maybe maybe uh, we could just talk about it at a different date. Now, someone in chat, and I don't know if this is true, said that the Emergency Measures Act only uh, is going to be, or only is in place for 30 days. If you have confirmation of that, can you send it? Because I would like to know if that was the case. That would, like, a lot of my fears about this would probably uh, be... Uh, a lot more lifted with more transparency like if like i just don't like the idea of trudeau coming out and being like well we're imposing this emergency measures act and it's for the good of canadians so we can get the situation under control i would like to know also then when do you plan to repeal this emergency act and also what kind of sweeping powers does it give you and does it actually fly in the face of people's civil liberties you know things like that do you enjoy the surfs but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs many are saying this well we've got the solution for you it's the surf times in podcast form Available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free, just like the podcast. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we beseech thee to smite down our enemies. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your humble court jesters here to amuse you. To our lords, Trevor R., we give thanks for this spit of land for us to eke out this meager existence. To our knights, Merid, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Ellie Leslie, Alex P., Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, That One Guy, Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Val 9000, Jenna Tall, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Yanis, Lemmy101, Anthropophojack, 
Saren42, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramon Acosta, Nkosin, Violet Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We raise our flag in a veil, and we salute you, our friends. <laughs>